Hey guys, it's Blitz. I am super stoked for you guys to hear this episode. We had an amazing conversation with Jared Smith from Heliocentric. Sorry that the audio is a little out of sync. We recorded off of Zoom and my internet is super slow. So that's why that is. Um, uh, yeah, just thanks to Jared, it was so cool. We recorded some awesome Patreon stuff. We'll probably be posting uh, deleted like clips on our YouTube, so check out, be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah, I think I think that I covered everything. I'll get out of the way so you guys can hear it. Careful what you ignore. I made that mistake earlier. Oh no! All right. Well, should I have not? Have I angered Zoom? <laughs> Leave the Zoom gods alone. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> um. Well, guys, welcome to Bear Attack. I'm Blitzbear. Um. So insensitively named by the man in my lower left <laughs> corner, uh, Panda Bear Oceans. I just had a stroke. I was like, no, he's not Panda Bear. He's Polar Bear. Nope, he's Panda Bear. <laughs> hey, I have I'm a red beard, bear. sir. <laughs> yeah. He's blonde. I'm red. There's a big difference. Yeah, and then the blonde one is Polar Bear. <laughs> That's not a helpful description since you can definitely <laughs> see me this time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, we have a, a professional. <laughs> and then uh, we have with us Jared from Heliocentric. Lachaim, boys. How's it going? Hey. Who's probably way more well-known than the three of us. Yeah. Dude, your room is beautiful. Thank you, dude. Yeah, it's uh, this was a long time in the making, but it sucks because I'm, I'm leaving it. I'm oh, moving no. out in a couple months. Yeah. Oh, bummer. What Feels do you have like on the wall? I just moved in. Is that like, is it just, yeah. uh, just decorative or is there like lyrics so, on there <laughs> so that is the old testament in hebrew the new testament in greek and the quran in arabic oh that is wild mm-hmm. that's a fun project cool. so if that didn't give it away you're in for a very wild episode because <laughs> yeah we've re- we've religiously stayed away two, from religion you got two on yeah. this podcast <laughs> yeah well well, that's because two of uh, two of you are practicing. One of us like believes, but isn't currently practicing, and like doesn't really think about it a whole lot. And yeah. we're gonna find out about the other one. The only Wait a time. It co- oh, Nate, you glitched out. You glitched out when you were given the overview. What was your comment? Who's uh, who's in and who's out? Oh, I was just saying we've stayed away from religion, like religiously, on this podcast, except Uh-oh. for the. Odd- yeah. The odd moment oh, where I say Jesus is Lord, and if you think else, why is you're going to hell? And then Panda Bear edits it out in post. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, you you can't do that here, man. Yeah, religion's my bread and butter. Just to oh. be just to 
so so that we're all on the same page like do you guys know my whole spiel my whole backstory feel free to tell us because nate gave us a little summary of everything but sure sure so i am an atheist who writes christian music so i saw um i was scrolling through star wars prequel memes which is pretty much my entire life on instagram (laughs) And in between all that, <laughs> there will be sometimes be really random videos that Instagram thinks I will like that have nothing to do with Star Wars or memes. And one of your videos... They're just like, please, do something else. It was one of your videos talking about, um, uh, is something holy because it's holy, or is something holy because the person promoting it's holy? And I watched that whole video, and I was like, I just sent you a message, then I was like, want to come on? And then... Weirdly enough, you said yes, which I was <laughs> <Yeah>. totally <laughs> I was like, expecting. <laughs> I was like, somebody that I don't know is coming on the show? What the heck? <laughs> Dude, I love podcasts, man. I can't get enough of these. Yeah, I think you guys are like the third or fourth one this month. I'm here for it. You've been uh, talking to a lot of Brits and Aussies. Yeah, you know, they're, they're fun. What's it like talking to people who have uh, proper English? Oh, like, yeah, that must suck. It feels it feels so exotic. I, I feel like I'm, you know, in the midst of royalty all the time. It's 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 awesome. They're oh, fun to man. listen to. Nate and I just Nate and I just went to the uh, Glamisandians together, and we had a whole conversation for like an hour about how the British and Australians have their own hillbillies, and they're not, you know, <laughs> they're not. It's not the proper English. It's just you know their hillbillies <laughs> sound better to us because they're just different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Pretty he facts. he went from like giving us his spiel, and we broke into one of our tirades, and then like, well, if you expected a normal interview, you're definitely not getting it today. <laughs> I can't help it. Our forefathers fought a whole war so that we didn't have to deal with the British anymore. <laughs> Dude, I will say that, uh, you know, I'm still, um, I'm still fooling around and being a hoe. But uh, when I'm ready to like finally settle down, I'm going to move to Britain because I'm going oh, yeah? to be thoroughly upset if I get married to a woman who doesn't have a British accent. Ooh. <laughs> Everybody's just, got I think a thing, the man. Cutest damn <laughs> thing. Oh my god! It's, I support that take. It's so cute. Anyway, it is. It's all yeah, good. I'm telling. I forgot to show Polar Bear. There's this beautiful girl on YouTube who teaches English, and she's British, and that's how I learned English. And Can I she has her? excellent teeth, dude. I'll send her to you. <laughs> well, I'll send her. A, I'll send you a link of one of her videos, and then it's uh, it's up to you. About Just her. That. She's on, okay. through Amazon. <laughs> dude, literally, like half the channels I'm subscribed to on YouTube are like cute little redheaded like singer chicks or chicks that react to other people's music, and they're all like, I'm just like, yeah, I have a type. You think? Yeah, a little bit. Oh god, it's real. So, speaking of uh, uh, redheads and Brits and cute girls, uh, you are homeschooled. <laughs> How does uh, <laughs> me? Or, I had, me or Sam? That's what I no me. No, I had to deal with that public school nonsense. I speak to myself in the third person sometimes. I was homeschooled. I just wanted you all to know that. There we and, go. Uh, <laughs> we can move right along for that. No, I thought that uh, you mentioned uh, being homeschooled in one of your interviews, and yeah. I wanted to talk about that because I was homeschooled. Oh no way! Uh, K through twelve, or just for a little while? Yeah, K through twelve. Jeez. 
That's hefty, man. Yeah. So my, my thing was, uh, gosh, yeah, I did K through sixth grade at like a, you know, pretentious private Christian school with the uniforms and everything. Oh, that um, sounds awful. Yeah. It wasn't a good time. And I hated yeah. it. Like th- those kids were awful or not even the kids were awful, but just like the whole environment was awful. And I was a, a nerdy, creepy 12 year old. It was, uh, um, were you, uh, were you emo or did you wish that you could be emo? Yeah, that's what it was. I wish I could be emo. I don't, <laughs> this, you're, you're digging up like some of the most repressed memories I have. I oh no. I was Your 12. self image has snake bites. Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was 12 and I had like, I had, I had like tape on the back of my hand and I wrote emo on it <laughs> in all caps. I, I don't know why. I don't know why so you're, stupid freaking 12 year olds do what stupid 12 year olds do. But yeah, that dude, was, that's that so was so yelling much, emo. So much emo! cooler than me at 12. <laughs> no, I, so I uh, missed like all the emo music growing up and I just discovered it like in 2020. Um, Did you the discover emos. the used? Yes, actually. Um, yeah. My friend took me to an emo night and they opened this uh, cover band, uh, had a DJ girl open for them, and she played a box full of sharp objects by the used. And I was like, this is the greatest song I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I started watching the Emo's Not Dead guy on YouTube, and I am having a really good time. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I don't. I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast, but I, when I was in the church choir, uh, discovering <laughs> yeah. excellent segue. Um, were you in a church choir where you had to wear the robes and everything? Or no, were you in no, a no, no, choir no, no. Or they hide you up in the uh, balcony by the. No, 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 no. We had a little like alcove that we were in, and we didn't wear robes or anything. Like, no, I, I, I grew up Lutheran, dude. We're not like. <laughs> Missed I went to Lutheran <laughs> private school. That's why I'm asking if you were hit up in the balcony by the organ pipes. No, no. So, I mean, our choir director's friends with Nancy Wilson from Heart, and then, like, this chick that was, like, a... She was a soprano, and I was technically a first tenor, so I, like, bounced off of them. Humble and, like, uh, she was... I, I don't know if she was friends with the guys in the U's or if she was dating one of the guys, but there was a whole thing about that back when I was in, like, my freshman year of high school when she was talking about them. And Oof. So, yeah. That's potentially cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously she didn't end up with those guys, but no. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I, I I thought that was fascinating that like church choir girl with those guys like <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> Everybody rebels oceans. Yeah. That's how it goes. Jeez. Um No, Nate, you were asking about homeschooling. So Yeah, how was it? So, so yeah, I K through six private Christian school hated it. I begged my mom to take me out so that she could homeschool me. Um, yeah. And so seventh grade, my mom used it did. as a like threat. Sorry, say again. My mom used it as a threat. Like if uh, really? we weren't if we weren't behaving, she'd be like, "I'm gonna send you to public school," and we'd be like, "No, <laughs> my Legos are here at home." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, where people that's... can't see me cry while I'm doing math. Oh my god. <laughs> that's hilarious. 
So, no, I I was super antisocial when I was, yeah, 12 and begged my mom to homeschool me. So 7th through 12th grade, I became homeschooled. But then right at that same time, uh, in the 7th grade at a Christmas party, I had a radical uh, Christian conversion experience. Um, at a Christmas party? At a Christmas party. That's so, pretty metal. No better time. Why no are you time. an atheist? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's the million dollar question. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Sorry, so, I'll let you finish your story. <laughs> so the story was like, uh, I was there at this Christmas party talking to my older brother who, you know, he came back from university and he was studying philosophy and he thought, he thought he was, you know, hot shit. Um, yeah. And, or uni as they call it, where you're trying to go. Oh, uni. <laughs> I just study in uni. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, we love accents on this show. Oxford or Cambridge. <laughs> I've never heard that. Gosh. So he, I don't know, we were, we were talking at this Christmas party and I, you know, didn't give a crap about religion or spirituality or anything. Um, but my parents were Christian and you don't know, took me to church and all that. So, but at, at this party, he just starts telling me like, Hey, you know, you know, like God and all, of, all the, all the Christian stuff. You know, that's bullshit, right? And something like broke in in my head where it was like, you know, 13 year old me just. I, I mean, it was like it was like being told that Santa Claus wasn't real by a factor of a million. It was like Santa Claus isn't mean, real. Not real. I, oh, <laughs> shoot. I, I forgot to say uh, <laughs> we got to be real careful about the myths and legends we talk about on the shoot. show because polar bear is. He's like yeah, a child. Don't bring up Bigfoot because oh, we'll have hour of Bigfoot talk. <laughs> oh, dude, I would never, I would, I would never dare. No, the, the <laughs> mystery of Bigfoot is sacred and holy, and I will not question it. Agreed. Amen. You get me. Namaste. Based. <laughs> so Santa Claus by a factor of a million. Yeah, hmm. I mean, it was like being told that, like, yeah, Santa Claus isn't real. God is dead. Your parents adopted you. Um, and uh, also, this is a hallucination, and none of this is actually real. I mean, it, it was like it, all of that hit me at, at once. Just the idea of like, wait, God isn't real, and and so I I panicked, like I I I, I broke, and, and I remember going outside to my mom's minivan, and I just started like weeping, you know, having a freaking panic attack at. And I just remember praying over and over again, God, please be real. God, please be real. And that was, that was the start of my Christianity because the thought of, uh, of God not existing was too terrifying a thought to, to swallow. Dude, that's crazy. It was a fun time. It was a Man, fun that ride. sounds like the, that sounds like the last time I smoked weed. Ah. <laughs> oh, after, we're talking about after, weed after, stories. <laughs> After I realize I'm super allergic to it and it like makes me trip like oh like it's like listening to Pink Floyd without being on drugs but then being paranoid all at the same time. Dude, I so I I dead ass wondered um the same thing about myself cuz you you know like like have you conclusively decided like you're allergic to it? Oh, I get a rash every time. Really? Yep. That's so well, interesting. Because honestly, what I what I tell people is like the only the only thing comparable to the you know sheer terror and dread that I felt 
you know, that moment when I was 13 was when I had a bad trip smoking weed. Mm -hmm. Um, It was like the only time where, you know, my amygdala was just firing at like all cylinders, just fear, 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 fear. Um, Yeah, there's nothing like it. That sounds horrible. Yeah, I can be like blackout drunk and like not even have that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sounds like Mary Jane is doing y'all dirty. She don't like me, man. She is a dirty, dirty beach. I just, I know it's hard to believe looking at me, but never tried weed. <laughs> it's. Yeah, I, I have know. I have people in the Walmart parking lot come up to me. They're like, "Hey, man, where's a good dispensary in this town?" And I'm like, "You're not gonna believe this." <laughs> <laughs> I will try to help you out as best I can because I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just want you to know I actually don't smoke. <laughs> okay, okay, hear me out. Hear me out. I've I've never done any drugs other than weed. Oh yeah, me. But neither. let's let's take the jump in straight into DMT. Together right now? Yeah, on live on air, <laughs> ladies well, and gentlemen. As it so happens, <laughs> I don't have any on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go grab me uh, my bottle of uh, Maker's Mark right now. We'll call it good. <laughs> Same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> see the see the third heaven and angels so. covered in eyes and everything. Two hours of sleep, no filter, and then add alcohol. Yeah, nobody wants to Oof. see that. <laughs> that is a doozy. It'd be quite a podcast for sure. <laughs> It'd all be Patreon so, at that point. So, of course, I think that this begs the question: What happened next? But uh, we're gonna shelve that for a second, um, just because I'm feeling like super ADD tonight. I don't know. I usually don't. Dude, I'm here. I'm for like purpose. I'm like purposely making us lose the plot. But how'd you get into metal? Ooh, ooh, that's a good question. So, oh gosh, let's see. This is like when uh, in the Book of Boba Fett, when they go back to the Sand People, we're going to go back to the Sand People for a little bit, and then we'll do what we call on the podcast, Back to Bigfoot, when we get yeah. off the rabbit trail and back onto the main path again. Yeah, okay, so real, like... The whole Book of Boba Fett should have just been him with the Sand People. And, you know, yeah, almost, yeah. We could have got to the first. rest later. For the first yeah. three episodes, it was. <laughs> I know, and it was better. <laughs> Objectively true. <laughs> yeah, so back to the whole metal thing. Like, Did you like jump straight off the cliff and dive bomb with Meshuggah, or did you have like an icebreaker band? Yeah, so... It's funny, now that I'm older, I'm trying to like backtrack to... Yeah, what was my first like metal band? What was hard your gateway to... music? Yeah, what was your original Le- drug and Led Zeppelin... Uh, mm. the the oh. immigrant song. That's oh, the yeah. only yes. song that I know by Led Zeppelin. The... Mm. Yeah, literally yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's all I know. That that I heard that when I was five, and I was like, "These are my people. That's my nice. stuff. That's my job." <laughs> no, so, I I just I, remember that from Shrek uh, Two or whatever yep. it was. <laughs> Greatest sequel of all time, cinematic masterpiece. No, I remember so, the the first like metal metal band that I ever heard. Uh, when I, you know, that actually like screamed was mm. Demon Hunter. Yes, which, I have a like, Demon Hunter tattoo. Do you really? I do, dude. I always wonder who are these people who have the Demon Hunter tattoos. Thank you, Nate. Now I, I met, know. I met one of them on Christmas Eve in church. No way. I did, and that's Heck the. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still looking for him. So, dude, if you're out there, my number is nine two eight. No, I'm just five five five. You can five, find five, it five, on five. most uh, truck 
stop bathroom. <laughs> we just yeah. added it to a loves in uh, Buckeye. There's yes, a reason we call we call, call him Blitz for a reason. Where, wherever Panda goes, a Sharpie is with him. <laughs> yeah, because I go to so many truck stops. <laughs> hey, don't don't uh, badmouth the truck stop bathroom. It's how the it's the line that got my wife. No, oh? shut up. No way. Yeah. Like the second thing I ever said to her in uh, like a Facebook messenger, she said, can I have your number? And I said, yes, but only if you put it on a truck stop bathroom wall. <laughs> Get out. Oh. For distribution purposes only. That is magical. That's like a pickup line my freaking dad would use, dude. Oh, that is so... <laughs> Success. That I, is amazing. I know that to be true because i know both of you and <laughs> that is a hundred percent what would have worked on her <laughs> dude find that kind of woman amen it was gonna take so, a special lady so here she is truck stop bathroom jokes in a british accent i don't know where you are but <laughs> come on over do they have truck stops in britain are you gonna be missing that part of culture i mean they don't have mechanic I- anymore but are they are they lorry stops? Cultural yeah, I was going to say they call them lorries. Oh yeah, that's true. I knew a lorry in high school. She was a little lady, ironically. <laughs> I had a crush on Miss Lorry in high school. Let me tell you. Ooh. <laughs> so, um, back to Bigfoot. So you had this crazy experience. Um. God, I don't even know what question to ask next. Obviously, like whatever so, so you, you want to talk about, but something went off. What color was you the were asking me? Oh crap! Was, was it, it not gold? red? It was gold. It was a gold oh. Chrysler minivan. Well, that's it ironic. Totally it looked, red. It, lo- it looked very holy then. Oh yeah, no, it was like there were, you know, it, and the Chrysler. It's got like the angel wings or whatever. So I'm at Christmas, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Providence. Okay, so here, here's my here's my question. You went from this grand epiphany next to your holy gold van, and then you went to you you started the whole episode with. But I'm an atheist. Now. How does that ha- like you go from this huge epiphany to the whole? <laughs> what's yeah, with all quite, that? Quite a journey. So, gosh. Okay, let me see. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna set the roadmap. So, uh, all right, I'll buckle I'm gonna, in. I'm gonna talk about metal, and then I'm gonna talk about how metal became part and parcel of my walk with the Lord. Same. Um, okay. So, so demon hunter was at 13. And from there, because I, I had this, you know, extreme religious conversion, um, I became super devout, super quick. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, like, to the point where I was the, I was the weird kid and I mean, I was homeschooled. Right. So like I had all this extra time to just meditate and pray and read the Bible. And I, we had just moved houses to a new city. So I didn't have any friends. So it was like, well, what do I do? I guess I'll just read the Bible and pray. And, and that was my, that was my world for years. Um, and so, yeah. Um, and at the time it was like, yeah, I, I'm trying to, fill my brain and soul uh, only with things that are edifying and holy and righteous. So I got, I got super swept into the, the Christ core scene. Um, yeah, so that like, was, that was never good enough for my mom. <laughs> She's like, their logo's a skull. 
Your I mom really like... has a thing about skulls, doesn't she? My my family doesn't like rock and roll. I I hate to break this to your mom, but she has one. She has. She a skull. likes. She only likes it with skin on it. If it's uh, alive. One of those. Yeah. Yes. No, she I... is. My my tattoo is a very hard thing for my parents, and I feel bad <laughs> that they that. <laughs> and I feel bad that I'm getting more. <laughs> the endless struggle. Gosh. No, so I mean like I I got super swept into that whole scene and you know, I worshipped for today. Um I worshipped mm. Sleeping Giants. They were a like solid hardcore band. Um oh, Idolatry, but in the good idolatry. Exactly. Exactly. But no, I mean that was like before I ever even learned how to play an instrument, it was like I had this whole um I don't know, vision of myself as like being like Maddie Montgomery, you know, the dude standing on stage being like, and Jesus Christ is Lord. And, you know, just screaming at Mm. the kids and then like a breakdown hits and it's like you're chugging and like everyone's moshing and hitting each other, but then like praying for each other afterwards. So it's cool. Um, (laughs) And it's like, that was, that was my world. Right. Um, And it wasn't until I was 19 that I bought my first guitar if I, you guys can see it it's that black ltd mm. seven oh, string yeah, 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 yeah. over there hell uh, yeah so yeah i was a freak and i started on a seven string um hell yeah hell's yeah. <laughs> get some of that i was just i i knew i wanted to get down and dirty and drop a flat just <laughs> so and then you heard bleed for the first time and it was all <sighs> over for you oh dude it messed me <laughs> up man yeah the things the things that that Meshuggah does to your uh, your neocortex. It just scrambles all those neurons and pummels them. Yes. It's beautiful. So I prefer my neurons. <laughs> prefer them sunny side up? Nah. Scrambled all day. <laughs> Scrambled. <laughs> Heck yeah. In like a frittata, you know? <laughs> Fancy, but still scrambled. <laughs> so when... I, I bought my first guitar, um, and at the time, so you know, I was, I, I was the most religiously devout person I knew, um, and that's not me bragging about myself. That's not me. I, I mean, just like looking at it from like an objective point of view, like I, I, I don't know. I, I was yeah. more religious than than. Anytime I walked into a room, it was like I knew that I was going to be the most devoutly Christian person there. So even yeah. like the old ladies in my church, when they found out that like, oh, I listened to this heavy metal stuff, they capitulated. They were like, well, if Jared likes it, it, it can't be bad because because Jared likes hmm. it. Dude, where have you been my whole life? <laughs> <laughs> so many Christian metalcore kids I, that are like, if I could have just had a Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Skip so many dude, awkward I mean, the, conversations. The, oh, dude. But I mean, like, I was defending it, you know, like, from day one. And, you know, it was like using Bible verses to justify it. And it's like, the old people at my church were like, well, he's, he's praying more than I am. So I, I don't know. <laughs> well, um, whether or not you believe in God, you metal it has got to be his favorite music. Oh, I yeah. I mean. The, dude, there's no way that... uh like the killing of the the Philistines didn't have a metal track behind it. Like, see, 
Yeah, I, I think, like, when I think about the Greek gods, the battles between Zeus and Hades, just him throwing lightning, it's gotta be, like... Yeah. I, I've I, always really seen am. the Greeks as more of a smooth jazz people myself. <laughs> like, when, when Hades, when, like, Hercules gets thrown into the underworld, I'm just like, alright, where's the Lorna Shore? Facts. Big facts. <laughs> oh my gosh. So... Ah, oh, shoot. Lost my train of thought. Um, no, yeah, uh, so, 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 uh, you, so, so, okay, homeschooled from 7th to 10th grade, uh, 11th grade, I went back to private Christian school, but it was like, it was a, it was a, it was flipped on its head, right, because the first time I went, it was my parents made me, and they wanted me to be a good Christian boy, and I'm like, screw you, I want to watch porn and be bad and <laughs> play Grand Theft Auto when you're not looking. Um, Your rebellion was getting homeschooled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Respect. That's so, very meta. <laughs> so then then after, you know, I became a monk in my bedroom for a few years, it was like, well, now I need to go preach the gospel to these heathens. So I begged my parents to put me back into a different private school so that I could go teach the Christian kids how to actually be Christian because I, because they probably weren't doing it right. They were no, probably, they probably like, weren't. I mean, fair, probably. They, they were probably like backslidden hedonistic Christians instead of like real Christians. Um, I don't know. I've heard about some of the, my friends that ended up in Christian high schools and I'm not sure they uh, really stuck to the plan as well as intended going you, to an all Christian high school. Oh yeah. They, they, they flew off the rails. Oh, lots of uh, uh, lots of people didn't beat teenage pregnancy. Oof, oof, dude. So I was the only kid in my Christian youth group who did not get knocked up out of wedlock. The only one. The only one. I yep. mean, that's just like a statistical weirdness. Like, I can understand all of them having sex because honestly, like, once you get to be uh well i don't know how old you are jared but i assume I'm you're 27 27 okay oh, he, so yeah. yeah he's in, he's exactly in the range yep so so once you get to be our age being a virgin's like an accomplishment yeah yeah dude well, i made it i made it to but, 23 but so. getting pregnant hey like, nate me and you me and you win again <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would put it on a resume because that really shows you guys can stick with something. I mean, facts. I like I, it's, I look at it hard. as not giving it all the bullshit pressure of having to do it. You know. Yeah. I mean, relationships are hard. Sex is easy. Facts. Truth. Truth. I've had I've had over 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 two sexes in my lifetime, and both of them were very easy. But the relationship mm -hmm. part—that's harder. Yeah. Fun fact. The more you know. I learned it's that from Bill Nye the Science me. Guy. Say again? It's never lasted for me. <sighs> it's a struggle. At least you had one. Like. True. How old are you, I Nate? Just, I just don't care. Yeah, round how, table. How old are you guys? 27. 20, 27. Okay. Uh, how old am I? I'm going to be 27. I believe, yes. Soon. Beautiful. Dang, we should start a band, guys. Okay. <laughs> the 27 club <laughs> so i mean we we do do covers on youtube so there's something there yeah hey, we don't i'm here for we it. don't do anything as well as you do and uh oh no 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 not that we would, we would be put to shame for sure i'm not i'm not trying to 
one thing I, I do want to say, Jared, is I never flatter anyone. I will probably say a lot of nice things about you through the course of this interview, and it's for no other reason than I want to say them, and I feel like you need to hear them. But uh, you, uh, you make very good music. Thank you, man. It's, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. Let's see. Okay. So high school, I went back to high school to preach, preach the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to the hedonistic masses. Yeah. These kids uh, are all getting pregnant. Like, I don't care if yeah, you want to do gotta it, quit doing that, dude. Don't yeah. bring a kid into it. Come on. Facts. Oh, geez. Ruin that poor child's life. Exactly. Hopefully not. Bring, but... Bringing the world down one child at a time. <laughs> dude. That's not so then dark get... when you put it that way. Then you get the antinatalist crowd who, uh, that's, that's a whole other tangent. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. He fits right in, guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sorry to throw another grenade into this. <laughs> but was soaking a thing at, <laughs> at this youth group? Is that, no, no. Is that, that's like the Mormon thing? Of that's just, a Mormon thing. Yeah, yeah. no, no. I've, it was... I've. I've heard Mormons say it's a psyop. It's not real. It's just like something yeah. that like the non-Mormons came up with. Except for I have Mormon friends who a hundred percent did do that. Really? Why? Their wives before? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, I figured it was kind of like the the Mormon equivalent of like snake handling, where it's like, yeah, I'm sure somebody <laughs> in the world has done it, but like. I spent my entire life as a as a deeply devout Pentecostal. I never even knew somebody who knew somebody who has ever mm. like handled a snake in a church like that. But you know, the rest of the world. Thinks, <laughs> Wait, like, people oh, yeah, are. Just... So this is the first time I've ever heard that phrase, and I think I know what you mean just right off the bat because it's very the snake handlers. Yeah, but is that something that oh, people bro, would do in church? Mm-hmm. Dude, so there's yeah, like out in the Appalachian Mountains. Um, you have a few, I mean, like let probably there's probably less than a thousand people in the U S who ad- adhere to this belief. But at the end of the gospel of Mark, you have this really obscure passage where Jesus says, um, you know, and they will handle snakes and they will not harm them. And so these Pentecostals in their theology, it's like, well, the Bible told us that we can do that. Therefore, we're being disobedient if we don't actively believe what the Bible is telling us. Therefore, copperheads, pythons. So, so wait, bring they're them in handling the actual snakes. Yes, oh, in I the middle of the sermon. Sur- I thought no, you no, just no, meant no. good Christian hand jobs in church or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what the text meant. <laughs> Gosh, I dude, I didn't, re- I didn't realize we have like a uh, like an exegete theologian over here. Spitting truth, man. Getting it. Jeez. Okay. No, but these. No, these... I would have taken that to mean like, like I drink liquid death, even though they put demons in the water, because I'm like, can't hurt me. I have a demon hunter tattoo. <laughs> Which oh, gosh. I hope they were able to get their money back from those witches that didn't, you know, fix yeah. the Super Bowl for them. Your wi- liquid death. Your water is great, and your witches suck. The way I prefer. Yeah. It. Never take change. that black magic. <laughs> never change big sad big sad i love them so much and i don't are you familiar with liquid death oh yeah oh yeah they're not a sponsor but i like to pretend like they are we you know if you just if you just manifest it you just say it hard enough it'll it'll happen that's right they'll come running name it and claim it amen brother 
Okay, so so these people are holding copperheads in church. Yeah, yeah. So I this mean, is the most metal church. That no, is no metal. pun intended. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, <laughs> I mean, the didn't caskets somebody, they carry that in are metal. Didn't didn't one of the like pastors' wives murder somebody with the a shed full of snakes? Oh my gosh! Am I making so, that up? It's I've not never right. heard that story, but it's, it's truth not. is stranger than fiction. It's totally possible. <laughs> It's not right. It's not real Christianity, but it is metal af. I love it. Dude, so you know much. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it while we're while I'm thinking about it, and if while somebody else is talking about something more relevant. So, I mean, the more common story is that you'll yeah, in the middle of a worship service, just imagine your pastor. He's like, "All right, now let's praise the Lord," and the ladies, you know, pounding on the organ, and everyone's dancing in the congregation, and then the pastor says, "Praise God! The power of Jesus Christ is here to protect us all." And he pulls out a live copperhead and he drapes it around his neck, and he's you know dancing with the Lord, and he's just confident that it won't bite him. I mean, there's there again, this is such a niche, small community, but there are a few people who have done that. And there, there's a really interesting interview of one of these guys who like, he's talking about it and he's like, yeah, no, my dad died from this, but I still believe that God is good. And I believe that the gospel in the Bible is true and I'm going to continue to have faith even if it kills me, which like, I mean, there, I there's... kind of, I understand that to a degree just because this is good. I'm not, I'm not trying to be flippant with this, but, like, we're all going to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm not saying, like, gosh, I, I really don't believe that God wants you, like, taking unnecessary risks to mm-hmm. to prove that he's there by, like, playing with snakes and whatnot. But, right. Um, yeah. I can't find anything about the story. I just reference to i think i might have made it up in my head or heard it somewhere made up but uh february 17th 2014 pastor jamie coots uh was killed after his 10th bite 10 like 10th that day or probably over the course of years i think 10th over the uh career of swinging snakes like jump ropes i mean that's not that would bad. be that sounds like a heck of a cannibal corpse album. That's True. ten more snakes than me. <laughs> Handling three rattlesnakes at his small church. What kind of, okay. My uh <laughs> Alright, so <laughs> I was raised Lutheran, but I'm like falling away from it, obviously, because whatever. But uh I mean I I still believe there's a higher power and all that junk, but I'm not practicing, but the uh Heathenistic part of my brain and went, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah. <laughs> so so can I do, you know, can I can I give a defense for him? I mean, can sure. I play the, ironically, the devil's advocate? Except, I, you know, the, by devil's advocate, I mean preacher's advocate. I would love nothing more. So, so I was, I, I was an ultra charismatic Pentecostal. So for me, what that meant was I believe that God still speaks. I believed that that in the same way that God spoke to Jesus, in the same way that God spoke to Moses, in the same way that God spoke to Elijah, Abraham, um, I, I believe that God spoke to Christians that way and that it was possible for God to perform the same kinds of miracles that he did in the New Testament today. And 
you know, the only question was like, you know, faith and whether or not God was willing. So I had gone to church services where I felt like God was telling me, you see that woman in the wheelchair over there, go over there and pick her up, grab her by the hand, yank her to her feet and tell her she's healed in Jesus name. So here's the question, you know, that's heavy, especially, Mm. you know, as a, as a, 14, 15 year old to, to really be contemplating, like, am I going crazy? You know, it, it, or is this just, you know, is this my own personal psychology just kind of running amok, uh, in tandem with the belief system that, you know, I culturally have in place, you know, what is going on here? And kind of the thing that I came to, um, because people, people usually talk about it in terms of like, you know, it's just faith. You got to have faith. For me, it was like, no, this is a, this is a rational thing to do because mm-hmm. either the thing that I believe in is true and, you know, Christianity is true and God still, you know, raises the dead, heals the sick, or none of it's true. The universe is meaningless. God is dead. I'm going to be forgotten in 10 minutes after I die. Everything is a blip. Then why the fuck does it matter? So for me, it was like, well, if that's the case, and that's the alternative, then yeah, why not at least try? Why not at least try to, you know, lay hands on the sick and, you know, command them to be healed in the name of God? What do you have to lose? Life's meaningless if, if, it's, if that's not real. Now, it could totally be the case that, you know, like, okay, well, God is real and he does save people and Christ is Lord and, uh, you know, he, he just decides not to heal people in the same way that he did in the New Testament anymore. You can, you can have that kind of theology. But for me, it was like, no, no, that doesn't really make sense. It's like he, he heals people or he doesn't. It's either bullshit or it's not. Mm. And I was really, I was willing to take him to task for that. I was willing to say like, no, I've got nothing else to lose. Let's, let's give it a try. So, you know, for me, that looked like walking up to strangers and saying, hey, I don't know you, but I feel like God told me that I need to pray for you. You know, you're a 14 year old kid. You're going to talk to an adult. You're already scared shitless. And it's like, no, but God told me to do this. And I fully acknowledge like, well, maybe this isn't God. Maybe this is just me. Uh, but it's like, well, if it's just me, then life is meaningless. Then, then who, who cares? Right. You made an, uh, uh-oh. you're dead in 20 minutes. Who cares? So why not at least I, try? I don't miss that period in my life. I went through very, a very similar thing when i was younger um uh, and just within the last couple years too my uh my grandparents are very pentecostal and they're like the weirdest pentecostals because they are the quietest most reserved people ever but they like being around pentecostals like you'll never see them like do anything crazy but it's where they want to (laughs) be they don't bring their flags and scarves to church but they're there to see it (laughs) exactly Oh, oh I love being a, an inconspicuous onlooker. Of th- like, I'll I'll go to random churches just to like see like what the crazy, like the, all the crazy shit that happens. Like, um, some of it's unbelievable. Like, Ugh, I would I, love to go to like a southern like Baptist like, you know, the praise the Lord rah rah. Like they all stand and dance, and that would be like an okay. experience. Going to a southern Baptist black church is the most fun as a white guy (laughs) i have to like try hard to worship too 
contemporary yeah. Christian worship music. I've got to make it not about me or the people around me because I get pretty judgmental. Where I worship is in a mosh pit at a metal show. That's where I feel. Oh God. yeah, church, bro. Speak, preach right there. Big facts. Slipknot lighting cow crap on fire, and you know that that's like. I I don't know if I wor- if there's like a Satan worshiping band there or not. Like, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> No, it has to be, like, lyrics that I agree with or that speak to me on a spiritual level. I can't just go to Slipknot and be like, this really moves me, man. But <laughs> No, I'm, I'm with you, Nate. Yeah, that was... Gosh, man. And, yeah, that, w- that was a huge part of, like, my, my own personal, like, worship time. I mean, so, for my entire time at high school, when I went back to private Christian school, my ritual was to wake up at 5 a.m., uh, and then have an hour of, you know, uh, worship time where I, you know, prayed and, and worshiped the Lord. But most of the time that was just me playing Christian metal music, having like a micro mosh pit in my bedroom and being like, God is curb stomping the devil. And he's like conquering sickness and disease and God is king. And, and exactly, you know, that was, that was my bread and butter, man. I did my devos this morning. I played uh, Doom Eternal for half an hour. <laughs> there we go. That's what I was running to earlier today. Yeah. No. So, so that's all happening. Um, how do you feel about Skrillex? <laughs> dude so was that the uh jumping off the cliff point you're like no yeah. all this grad crap you know well this like, is this no, is no. where nate finds out if him and jared can be friends this is a big part of the interview <laughs> well you know first i heard the gospel of my lord and savior jesus christ and that was really compelling but then i heard um i heard cinema by skrillex <laughs> and i realized that i had found a new god <laughs> and so I, I tore the necklace, you know, the cross necklace that I had around my neck. And then I just got a big subwoofer and just stapled it to my chest. And, oh, and I, no. I realized I had found my new religion. <laughs> yeah. It's led by a man who's 5'6 and wears black skinny jeans. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. That, Started uh, a whole everybody's hairstyle. Everybody's got one. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, yeah does Felix still have the, like, long he hair does. on three sides of his head and the one shape? He really? He does. Commitment. Him and Ronnie Radke. He just took a picture with Jordan Peterson, and it was more than no. my little heart could take. No. I'm such a fan, dude. Skrillex is like everything I am, I owe to Skrillex. Dude, I send me that picture after the chat. That that's gonna warm my heart. It's gonna break my brain. It's I don't like how much I like it, because I feel like I don't know, like it's so basic. But in a not basic way. It's like very me, but Yeah. I feel like uh this must be how girls feel when the Kardashians do anything. Yeah. No, not I'm any girls that. that I know personally, but I assume they're out there because I know who the Kar- the Kardashians are and I've never asked for that knowledge. <laughs> they're out there somewhere. Somewhere there's a woman who is like currently reading about what Kylie Jenner is doing. Uh, so back to Bigfoot this interview so I said back to Bigfoot and I'm not going to go back to Bigfoot first of all I lost my SD card 
And I'm Adja- a adjacent to Bigfoot. It took me a long time to realize this, but I need to have something in my hands to pay attention. Um, adjacent to Bigfoot, this interview has not gone the way I planned at all, and I'm here for I it. actually planned for that. So in we typical are doing bear attack well. fashion, yes. As much we as we knew. attempted to prep, <laughs> we knew well, it would be no like plan. This. No plan survives first encounter. Um, no. So, so you're you're going and pulling uh, old ladies out of wheelchairs, mm-hmm. and that's not working for you, I'm guessing. Or was it working for you? It did. Did it happen? Nothing would surprise me at this point. Did it? <laughs> no, I mean the short answer is no. Um, you know, occasionally it's like you you pray for somebody and then you know nothing happens in the moment, and then three weeks later it's like, oh well, praise God, you know the the cancer has you know gone into slight remission or uh you know like you pray for somebody with a headache and it's like oh my, my headache is gone great praise god right you know it's it's a, a a micro miracle or something and that's the thing that's like weird about the the pentecostal movement is it feels like you're always one one connection away from a miracle it's always like mm-hmm. a friend of a friend you know, had somebody who was miraculously healed of cancer or who had a limb grow back or who rose from the dead, right? It's True. always like a friend of a friend, but you never, you know, I spent a decade in it going to, you know, some of the biggest, best charismatic circles in the world and, and I never saw any of it firsthand. Um, Interesting. Not to say yeah. definitively that it hasn't happened, Right, because I'm I'm I don't have the epistemological framework to say that that it it hasn't or can't, um, but no, I, I never saw anything. Well, like I've that. I've experienced miracles personally, but they're not the kind of stuff that like you would tell someone and they'd be like, "Oh my gosh, God is real." Well, because right. even if they were, they that still doesn't work for people, right. and I have to like write it down or I'll forget about it. I feel like yeah. when it comes to miracles and God, it's always like. Um, as far as like your faith, it only, you know, it's like rain in a desert. It only wets the sand for a season. But um, hmm. I do feel like in the Pentecostal church, it's almost kind of like trying to force God's hand and nothing's ever spectacular enough. But also I've never seen anything like someone's limb growing back or I've seen people cured of things instantly. But hmm. um, again, not in a way where it's like someone would be like, you could always explain it some other way. Be like, no, that's uh... so a... Someone's had a pastor who was struck lucky. by lightning and survived. Jeez. Yeah, see, but that happens all the time. See what I'm saying, though? That's my yeah. point. So so this is kind of... So, so again, I, I am an atheist, but I, I listen to a lot of um, discussions by uh, you know Christians and atheists, a lot of debates... Um, and there is kind of like a weird problem with uh, with some of the new atheists. Um, so when I say epistemology, do you guys know what I mean? So I worked at a Bible college mm-hmm. and have actively avoided semi- seminary and Bible college things my whole life. Gotcha. Um, ignorance is not a virtue, but if it was, I would be <laughs> virtuous. So, so no. <laughs> so epistemology is the study of knowledge. It's how we okay. know things. Um 
So, you know, how do you know that the sky is blue? Well, I, I saw it this morning. Well, how do you know that your perception of the sky being blue is true? Or how do you know that the people around you telling you that it's nighttime is, is a reliable thing, right? These are all epistemological questions. So for the new atheists, um, you know, Richard Dawkins in particular, who he's grown on me a lot recently. Um, really? Do you like his accent? I do like his accent. Though oh, I will see, say, I, he, I'm going to use my, can I use my one effort? I'm going to ask Polar Bear for permission because he's, he's, he looks out for my interests. Yeah, 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 I'll give it to you. Okay, I fucking hate his ex. <laughs> <laughs> so I I once hated his ass. I, I I disliked him a lot more than I do now, and I think I, I've I've grown on him. He's grown on me a little bit, and I I mentioned this to a to a Christian friend a little while ago. I think he he's done a lot for the Christian community. Hundred percent, I agree with that. I think I think that he's you know, kind of shaking the, uh, shaking out the Dude, wind from the chaff as it were. Richard Dawkins has done so much for my faith. He also almost made me leave the church, but I don't want to take up our whole interview with that discussion. But, uh, I did start reading the God delusion. I, the audiobook version of it. So I had to hear him and his wife or whoever the heck the girl is talk to me in their pretentious British accents. And they're not cute women who teach English on YouTube, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I I would okay yeah fair enough I would not want to listen to the God delusion. Because if you can hear how crooked their teeth are, <laughs> so bad. We have listeners in Britain, I'm pretty sure. And if we and do, I'm sure that your orthodontist went bankrupt, and I'm sorry to hear that. We have plenty in America though. Come on over. There is a reason the show is called Bear Attack, and it's not because we had to give ourselves bear names, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We it's randomly, true. I, I came with mine, so... We'll randomly be having some tangible conversation, and we'll just start attacking some random... One of us will jump on something. Uh, it's like blood in the water. I have strong opinions about strange things, and I'm comfortable with that as a person. I'm here for it. Absolutely here for it. Oh, okay, So, sorry. my big question is, you go from this devout, like, altar boy dude that I'd probably punch in the face to... Probably. Yeah, he doesn't like. So what you are ends. now, like how how do you like is did you just get discouraged because your miracle healing wasn't working or what? That was part of it. Yeah. Um, what were you What were you saying about Dawkins? I feel like I stun grenaded the conversation. No, you were a okay. So I'll answer that really quick, and then I'll answer Ocean's question. So okay, with Richard Dawkins, all I was getting at is that there there is kind of a weird question of like. You know, when you ask Richard Dawkins, why don't you believe in God? His answer is, well, I would like a little bit of evidence. Um, and that's usually sufficient, right? He says, like, oh, I, I want, you know, some kind of proof that God exists. Sure. But then you can run down this rabbit hole of, like, well, Richard, what evidence would be sufficient to prove the supernatural, right? And you start, you can start playing this scenario out and you kind of run into a ditch where it's like, okay, well, Richard, let's imagine that Jesus Christ appeared out of thin air and stood on the stage right next to you. W he would you believe, believe that he is God? He, he wouldn't. He would probably say, well, you know, somehow the, a prank is being pulled on me. And, you know, there's a guy in the back who, you know, 
threw a smoke grenade and walked in. <laughs> okay, well, Richard, what if what if he snapped his fingers and the sky cracked open and started raining pizza? And he would say, well, you know, probably there's some, you know, B-52 bombers who are flying up above it that are <laughs> mysteriously... Okay, Richard, that would be what, if he s- terrifying. what if he snapped his fingers and made everyone in the room a solid statue made of jello? And you could get, like, more and more absurd, but but eventually he would, you know, probably default to, well, I would certainly believe that I was having a hallucination. Yeah. And so it kind of becomes like, well, th- there is no metric that you could, you know, any any evidence that could possibly satisfactorily demonstrate the divine. So I so have as much proof of his existence as he does of God's. It's like, there's a book, and I heard it in someone's thing and i see videos but i have never with my own eyes or ears seen or heard richard dawkins i mean yeah it's it's tricky stuff you get into the philosophical weeds really quick so oceans the million dollar question how did i go from a cute little altar boy with pretty blonde hair to a god-hating atheist with a big old burly eight-string guitar (laughs) <laughs> screaming the f word into a microphone H- hates him so much he tore all the pages out of his books and put them on his wall where he can see their, their every language every possible. day <laughs> and well lit them with lights behind them yeah so um i was in a cult in the netherlands yeah that was an, that was oh. another thing that took a little bit of the a toll on my faith. Uh, yeah, you know, not not seeing miracles happen, you know that you, you start having to philosophize and theologize, like, okay, well, you know, I I, I set I, I went through the steps, you know, in the Bible cookbook that is how to do a miracle. You believe, you say Jesus, and <laughs> then the miracle happens. You know what 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 gives. <laughs> And so you you start rationalizing like, well, maybe God didn't want this lady to be healed. Okay, well that's it's not nice, but okay, maybe. <laughs> or maybe God will heal her in the future. Okay, maybe. That's that's fair. Or maybe God healed her in a spiritual sense, but her physical body remains in pangs. You know, maybe maybe it's something like that. And so you you start having to do all these mental gymnastics, and and it's exhausting mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's what's happening behind the curtain, right? You have the physical and spiritual, and there's this big black curtain that nobody can see behind. So when I was in the Netherlands, um, it was sort of like the the ante was raised for what it meant to be a true Christian. So. My, my whole, to, to give a little context, so I, I was in high school, right? I, I, I grad, or converted at 13. Then when I went back to Christian high school, I was the worship leader and I was the student chaplain. So I was preaching to the, you know, high schoolers and middle schoolers why they shouldn't masturbate um, and did that two to three times a week, you know, screaming Bible verses at the kids. Uh, then from there, I went to seminary or pseudo seminary as i like to call it it was a three-year school of uh practical ministry and so i graduated from there um at 21 and then at 22 i'm sorry no at 21 i 
went backwards and did my real undergraduate degree. So when I was 21, I was in the Netherlands doing my second to last semester at this pseudo seminary. And so they had a, the, the seminary was in the States. It was in, you know, the deep South in North Carolina. They had a sister campus in the Netherlands. So I went and did an internship there. Um, and that was a hard, hard season of life. Um, because, you know, I was deeply religious and for the first time in my life, I was surrounded by Christians who were more spiritually intense than I was. That had never happened yeah. before. Um, my roommate, his name was Pierre. He was a Frenchman who had, you know, moved from France, you know, given up his entire life in France, moved to the Netherlands just so that he could go to the school. Um, I thought all the Dutch people were completely godless. Is that a, did I do a racism? No, 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 no. You're, I mean, you're right. So, so the <laughs> Netherlands is the most progressive country in the European Union. I, I know Dutch people. They say very mean things to me whenever I talk, <laughs> whenever I post a po- political on Facebook. So I, I mean, don't. Po- they've bullied me. They won. I don't post politics on Facebook anymore. <laughs> they did. Uh, bullying they works. Did. You heard it first here. <laughs> As you guys know, my grandma was actually born in the Netherlands, but her, she was raised as Jehovah's Witness and then converted Did to Judaism. That? Yeah, her the, her parents were devout Jehovah's. And then I didn't know the, the Netherlands thing. Yeah, my grandma was born in. Um, yeah, that's her accent. She didn't know. Well, not really. Yeah, it's a little. A little bit, but she doesn't even speak a lick of Dutch anymore. But. Hmm. <sighs> And that uh, is a shame. But yeah, they she they were raised Jehovah's and they uh, escaped during when the Nazis were trying to invade and everything, you know, and Frank and all that. Uh, and then she ended up marrying a Jewish guy, and then he turned out to be, you know, whatever. And then yeah, now she's whatever. So she's I think been you... around the ring. <laughs> I was gotta make a joke, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let that one slide. We stand, Marika, in the uh, in the chat wherever this thing ends <laughs> up. Everyone. Uh, Give Marika uh, blessings for her day. Namaste. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming, like, the video, if it works, will go up on Jared's thing, and then the audio from it will still be on our podcast. So the good description of the wall there was good, because those people aren't going to be able to see anything. <laughs> Facts. Right. Yep. So, so you're in the Netherlands, where apparently not everyone's completely godless. So part of the reason why... The, the, the group that I was with was a cult is because you're right. Most of the people in the Netherlands are not religious. And so when you have people who are religious surrounded by an ocean of people who are not religious, they become sectarian. They isolate themselves. They, huh. they, don't, they don't, you know, converse with the rest of the culture. They see the rest of the culture as, you know, satanic, demonic, um, as, you know, hedonistic and evil and bad. Um, well, they're not wrong, but we still like <laughs> those people. Right. The the big the big oof comes when uh, you know it's like yeah you shouldn't talk to those people because yeah you might get, you might get dragged mm. into sin. Well, um, but so my my roommate just to to give like a, a context of like how austere these people were. Um, my roommate was a, a Frenchman named Pierre. And so it was me, Pierre, a guy named Rick, who was a Dutchman. And we shared this tiny little two-bedroom apartment together. And uh, Pierre gave up everything for Christianity. 
I was like, what, what do I mean by that? I mean, he, he would do nothing except read the Bible, listen to sermons, and pray. He would not check social media. He would not watch YouTube. He did not watch television. He did not listen to music. He did nothing except read the Bible, listen to sermons, and pray. So his ritual was every night at around 9, 10 o'clock, he would pray in tongues for an hour. And I mean pray in tongues. So he, you know, he would jump back and forth between French, English, and, you know, speaking in tongues, you know, speaking gibberish, you know, that only God can understand. And he would shout it at the top of his lungs. So it would be, Oh God, please save the heathens. They're out there, God, and they don't know your love. And I mean, he would be screaming this in an apartment complex for at least an hour, damn near every night. Oh, jeez. And, and how could you not? The, the, I mean, if what he believes is true, he was altering the course of history. He was bending the hand of God to intervene into the lives of people. I mean, like, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you disprove the idea that his prayers stopped ISIS? How would you know? I mean, in his mind, it's like, well, God intervenes through people. Maybe those people needed a little bit of a push. Maybe my prayers were the one that pushed them over the edge. Maybe my mm-hmm. prayers were the reason that Saddam Hussein was hunted down. Maybe my prayers were the reason that, you know, the FBI got uh, Osama bin Laden. Maybe my prayers were the reason why, you know, a child wasn't raped this morning. I mean, in his mind, it's like, this is entirely rational. This makes sense. What doesn't make sense is to believe that there's a God who intervenes in the lives of people and that to go, to go waste your time watching Seinfeld all day. That's what doesn't sure. make sense. I mean, Seinfeld would be a waste of a day. <laughs> I've got a coworker who would fight you on those words. Maybe yeah. he can. I have a band. My band director in high school fought me about it. <laughs> I know the people funny, who would the only fight funny you about it. In that. That's fair. I think I've seen thirty here. seconds of Ugh. Seinfeld. Ugh. Seinfeld. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jerry. What's the deal? <laughs> it just if Jerry Seinfeld was funny, the show would probably be funny, but. Oh, that's going too far. You leave the B-movie guy alone. (laughs) Probably explains why I don't like B-movie either. Oh my god. Bro, bury the B. It's a great movie about bestiality. What are you talking about? Oh. Amen. (laughs) Okay, so. That's a... Yeah, that's heavy stuff. I mean, you're you're right though. I mean, there is a rationale to it, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I've never heard it explained that way, but when you do put it that way, it's kind of like, man, yeah, how could he? Yeah, what would you say to someone like that? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tricky. So I mean, yeah, that was that was my life. Um, during my time there, it was street preaching, uh, protesting at the local abortion clinic, uh, going and finding random people to talk to Jesus with. Um, we carry a life-size cross on our backs, uh, as we, you know, walked downtown. Uh, and it was like, all of that made sense. All of that was entirely rational and reasonable in, in my worldview. So but there, there was also a lot of 
hard, painful shit while I was there. Um, and it, it kind of, it, it felt like it raised the ante. And I have to be careful about like how I choose my words because a lot of Christians will say like, oh, you know, well, of course he became an atheist. He was in a cult and they put such a bad taste in his mouth that uh, he he decided to say F God. Um, and it was like, no, 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 no. It was like, if Christianity is true, if it's really, really true, then you you're you're irrational to not live your life like these people did. And so then it goes from like, okay, well, you know, what's the wager? You know, either life is meaningless and hopeless and, and everything will be forgotten or you invest into living a life like this. And it's one thing when you're, you know, what is, what is your religion demand of you? Um, and it's one thing if it, you know, demands your weekends or it demands your, your, uh, your sex life. Um, but when it demands everything, demands a lot of tears it gives you more pause it makes you double check that you're uh, dotting your T's and crossing your I's in your arguments so I uh, graduated from the pseudo seminary enrolled at uh, Wheaton Bible College I don't know if they call themselves a Bible college anymore but insanely awesome school uh Wonderful, wonderful school. Is that the one in Texas? No, that uh, Wheaton's in Chicago. Okay. Chicago suburbs. I'm thinking of a different one. Um, so I officially became an atheist between my sophomore and junior year. And it wasn't like there was one thing that pushed me over the edge. It wasn't like, oh... I prayed to God that there would be spaghetti in the cafeteria today. And then there wasn't. And then I you know, screamed F God, you worthless capitalist swine. Um, <laughs> it, 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 and I explained this to, to a friend of mine. It was like, I had a tapestry of faith. Um, I had a host of different reasons for why I believed in God and why I believed in the Christian faith. And it was like one of those, you know, every single one of those reasons kind of got plucked one by one until mm. there was no meaningful sense in which I had any faith left. You know, it's like, okay, well, I believe in God because I experienced this miracle when I was a kid. Okay. Well, you know, maybe that was wishful thinking mixed with a little bit of a placebo mixed with some, you know, highly improbable coincidences. Okay. Well, I believe in God because of the inerrancy of the Bible. Okay. Well, you know, it's really tricky. You know, how did a, a Galilean fisherman uh, write an epistle in Greek when he spoke Aramaic? And okay, so there's some weird questions with the authenticity of, of some of the epistles in the New Testament. Okay, well, I believe in Christianity because, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then the last, probably honestly, if there was a last straw, the last straw was, well, it has to be true because if it's not true, then nihilism is true. And God, please don't let nihilism be true. And then I finally came to an age where I was mature enough to say, maybe it is. As much as I don't want it to be, as much as I kick and buck and scream against the idea, I think it is. 
that's where I'm at. That was my next question is, so would you call yourself a nihilist? I do. And honestly, I kind of respect that a little bit because I call myself a Christian nihilist where I think, I think nihilism is the only rational way of looking at the world with an asterisk. And the asterisk is, I don't believe it. And I almost feel like we kind of mirror each other in a way. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but like, I feel like you look at the world like you've said in like videos and stuff, you want Christianity to be true, but you don't believe it. And in a way, I don't want nihilism to be true, but I think it is, except I don't believe it. And that's because I think, I think it is, there's like a question of faith where you have to like decide what you believe at some point and you can't answer all the questions and you go, Hmm. Well, here's where I'm going to stand. Mm. And uh, not to say, like, I looked at the world and I just couldn't find any. uh, I didn't find compelling evidence for God rationally. And so I was just like, well, I'm going to believe it anyway, because I want to No, I I, like really struggled with it for. And I I I did an experiment of like leaving the church where I never stopped believing in God, but I was like, I'm not going to live like a Christian anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, during that time I had to kind of come to grips with what I really believed. And honestly, um, it was metal music in a lot of ways that, and I never thought that I would say this because uh, I kind of hate people who are like music saved my life, but then it happened to me. And, uh, yeah, it was just like I listened to O Sleeper's um Bloody Unbound album and that just was just God spoke to me through that and um and you know I I was uh reading Richard Dawkins at the time and then I got this book called um I don't have enough faith to be an atheist and I was going through all that and uh I just eventually kind of came to this place where God was was aligning things for me to like see things in my life and I really think that that's kind of where like where I came uh, it all just came together for me. And I was like, I will never have all the answers. And anyone who says they, they do is a fool. Yeah. But if you're... Or they're selling if, something. Or they're selling something. Facts. But if you're not going to believe in a higher power, then the nihilism, I think, is the answer. Well, since we've uh, jumped off the deep end of this whole thing, I'm going to voice my opinion and that... Because I normally... No, this. you're not allowed! <laughs> Just kidding, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I guess that kind of makes me a skeptic, I guess. Because I want to believe that there's a higher power. But mm-hmm. I don't think that the human race has the perception to clearly define what it is. Actually, it is. Like, who knows? There could be Celestial pulling strings on us. Who knows? Right. Like, but, like... Like, I was raised Lutheran, whatever, so I have that implanted. Like, I, I pray once. If something's bad happening, like, I resort back to praying every once in a while, but I'm not going to practice it every day, and it's not something I think about, but I'm like, it's there. But, like, I used to think, because my dad, like, he's an atheist. I don't know if he's really an atheist per se, but, like, he doesn't, like, he doesn't believe in God, like, because he was screwed up as a child. Like, he had to go door-to-door with his grandma with the Jehovah's, and his dad made him go to Hebrew school, so that would fuck anybody's mind, you know? Sure. 
And so, and me going, growing up Lutheran, going to church with my grandparents, I always just thought my dad was like weird. But now that I'm older, I'm like, there, yeah, he's got some weird, he's got, it, there's some weird like perspective there. Like you just don't know, like mm-hmm. you believe what you want to believe, but like, you just don't know. So yeah. I'm like, maybe I'm a skeptic. Do you ever uh, pray anymore, Jared, just because or like a wishful thinking kind of thing? No. Occasionally, and and this this is kind of an interesting like psychological question. We're moving outside of the realm of philosophy and into you know personal psychology. Sure. Um, you know, for some people, it's like. Uh, you can have some some neural circuits that are so closely correlated, you know, like you uh, you see a painting and it makes you smell a certain smell, or like you hear a song and it like places you back to like a certain location, mm. um, you know, like you that that also works with like some of the mantras that I used to pray, um, and so you know sometimes I, I think like, gosh, what would I do? You know, whenever I was like really caught up in prayer and focusing on the love of God, I would just like put my hands up in the air and I would like send shivers down my spine. Um, just like, you know, the euphoria of like, I'm, I'm touching God. I'm, I'm touching the divine. I'm touching, you know, whatever is behind the damn curtain. Um, mm. And it's like, whatever that was, you know, I can still sometimes do that and I can still feel those tingles down my back. And, but it's like, but I know that those are just, you know, neurons that have fired together so often that you do this motion and and you get that sensation in the same way that like if you smile, it actually releases dopamine, um, mm-hmm. just because, yeah. So, but no, do I do I actually pray like sincerely? No, um, and that you. I no nobody's really asked me this um cuz I I came out of the closet as an atheist uh to my fan base uh about a, almost a month ago now. Oh, so you had like that experience as a you were a Christian artist and now you're not. So he, here's here's the the segue. I mean, I I still consider myself a I still consider my art Christian. Um that's crazy. It's freaking banana like what i love that because it's like most like most like christians in a band they'll be like oh we're christians in a band but we're not a christian band and you're like i'm not a christian but i'm a christian band flip it on its head dude i like it i'm about that (laughs) so the the video that you saw where i'm talking about donatism and you know is it possible for uh a Christian to be edified by something that wasn't made by a Christian. Uh, that, that was my response to the, the critics that came out of the woodwork saying, well, you know, you, you can't make Christian music because you're an atheist. Um, mm. and, and my response to that was, well, it doesn't matter because, you know, something is holy because it's holy. Um, yeah. and church history says that definitively. Uh, you know, if, if you, um, got baptized by a priest who then went on to, you know, molest a kid 
your baptism is not invalid because he did something shitty. The no. act that he did was, was holy because it was holy. Um, yeah. Well, I think that sometimes people, I think in the church, we place a little bit too much emphasis on ourselves and not enough on God. And I'm not like one of these people who's like a Christian rapper can never say they're the greatest rapper alive. Cause that's, you know, prideful and whatnot. But, but not, there's not a single person on this earth who has ever saved a soul. If you believe that souls can be saved, only Jesus right. does that. Right. Like maybe you brought someone to faith through something you said and everything, but you didn't hang on that cross for their sins. If right. that makes sense. Exactly. So that's why I have no problem with an atheist saying that they're a Christian artist. I'm going I'm to piggyback. So I watched your video on the whole explanation of the song Rung and all that, and it got me thinking. I'm like, yeah, and part of me resents religion because it causes all this freaking violence and, uh, like... And Do you think it causes it or it is used... As a justification it's, for it. I don't know, because would though say there was no Jewish faith and no Muslim faith, would the Palestinians and the Israelis still be fighting each other? Because their whole thing is over the stupid plot of land, like yeah. that was supposedly given, you know, by the ancestors or whatever. I'm like, I'm not read in on the whole thing, like I try to avoid conflict as much as possible, as you all know. But, uh, yeah, it just it got me thinking about, like, man, am I bad for resenting it? Like, but it has, like, caused all this, like, turmoil and nonsense. So, so a couple of points. One, you're, you're absolutely right um, that religion has caused a, a, lot of, a lot of pain and suffering. Um, but there's two things that are, that are tricky with it. The first is that your ideology does not dictate your actions. For the vast majority of people, the psychological literature on this is clear. Um, you can read, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Jonathan Haidt. Um, his book, The Righteous Mind, is all about mm. religious psychology and, and the psychology of morality. So most people imagine that it's like, okay, well, I'm going to figure out my worldview and I'm going to let that dictate my actions. And so I, I've, you know, I have decided that it is always right to give to a homeless person. Therefore, I give to a homeless person. In reality, that's backwards. People, people live by their gut and they do what feels good. And then this entire structure of morality that we've set up is us trying to justify ourselves so that we can be in the right and that the people we dislike can be in the wrong. That's where we draw the line. Almost always. And, and the tests that they've done to demonstrate this are really interesting. Um, but I mean, like almost always, uh, it doesn't matter what the damn book says because people are going to find a way to reinterpret it or do what they yeah. do, whatever the hell they want anyway. So, oh yeah. So there's, there's that element of it. Um, which I mean, like, so I was a freak 
I, I was a freak of nature because I was actively trying to let my ideology dictate my, my gut level reactions to things. Mm-hmm. That is not the way that the vast majority of the human population lives. I was weird. So, so that's, that's one element of it. The second is I don't know that it's possible for humans to get away from religion. And so here's the scary thing. And, you know, Richard Dawkins was presented with this information and he was kind of squirming in his chair and he's like, I don't like that very much, but <laughs> you, can, you can see the data on, um, religiosity in America versus like new age spirituality. And it's sort of like, you have to have a constant. It's like, they never both drop or they never both rise. They, they, they're in flux. They're, they're, you, you have like a, you know, a, a certain average and it's almost like a quota that, that humans just have to get. And so in, in populations where religiosity decreases, mysticism and astrology and tarot card reading and crystals, they just take the place. So it's like, that's fascinating. Humans can't get away from this, this stupid unscientific superstition. So right. to, to, cast, to cast the blame on, on religion is only part of the problem because you do have some of these, you know, like, uh, you know, kill the unbelievers wherever you find them. It's like, okay, well, we've got a lot of Muslims who take that verse and run with it. Um, and that's, that's unpleasant. And you've got, you know, a lot of Christians would probably be a lot more pro LGB, pro LGBT. If, uh, you know, the, the reservations against, same-sex couples weren't there. But but even if they weren't, there's a high likelihood that Christians would have found a way to read in some sort of anti-LGBT stuff into the text that wasn't there to begin with to to justify their initial and existing prejudices. You see what I'm saying? Um, Yeah, most of of like my unkind beliefs that I'm not necessarily okay with because... It's part of my religion to love people. Mm-hmm. But for for instance, like let's talk about that. Like a lot of like my ways of justifying it come from a more Darwinistic take on it, where it's like it's unnatural. It's not the way the species is propagated and stuff. So a lot of people that are like and and this isn't something that like I'm, you know, proud of. I don't wanna like I'm trying not to get cancelled here, okay, you guys, so cut me some slack. But it's like, oh yeah, Nate hates the gays because of religion. It's like no, because my religion tells me I have to love them. It's it's because, uh, I don't know, it's weird. It's just like like you were saying, my gut like reaction to it is, ew. And I don't know why that is. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not a, I, I also, I'm like not a good person. I don't, I've never thought of myself as that way. So it's, it's cool when people say that I am. It uh, helps me feel a lot better about myself, but. See, I, and, and and to that end, like a lot of like for like a lot of like our biases come from the generations before us and their biases, and we're just trained like our brains are wired like like it's ve- it's very strange like there's like, like epigenetics and stuff like that. Yeah, where... like i've kind of i kind of tend to like stay in the middle i like kind of let people do what they're gonna do as long as i'm not involved you know but like my uncle he's another one like he grew up religious and like they don't really go to church now or whatever but he can he converted to catholicism to marry my aunt Mm -hmm. and like 
they had that whole three-hour-long wedding, whatever. But, yeah, he's, like, totally anti-gay and whatever, like... And I'm, like, I could care less as long as I'm not, like, intertwined. Like, do what you're going to do. As long as you're not hitting on me, I could care less, you know? I'm like, okay with them hitting on me. <laughs> I mean, compliment's me a compliment no matter who it comes from, you know? <laughs> game recognized game. But, I, like, the whole, like, when the whole thing of gay marriage came out and there were so many people anti, and I'm just sitting there going, fuck it, let it, let them get divorced like the rest of us, you know? <laughs> let them be miserable, too, you know? <laughs> I'm ready to segue us uh, back to Bigfoot, but is there anything yeah. else anyone, does anyone, does everyone feel like they got their, their spiel in? No, I, I, I feel like we've mentally drained ourselves with a subject that we tried to avidly avoid for this exact reason. Dude, Jared, I appreciate you so much for talking about this kind of stuff, and I think it's so cool that you show up, and I mean, that's, God, dude, heavy stuff, talking about, um, I don't know if, if I'm right, but I, I, hypothesized that the reason you had that experience on that Christmas was because you were like brought face to face with existence like itself. Like you've got to be like the world is like, and and it was like a binary reaction. It's either this or that. And that's terrifying. And then you, and then that's where you live now making a with heliocentric. And that's kind of like the themes you explore. And um, I love it. I think it's so cool that you're willing to put yourself out there like that and relive those things. Cause they're fucking heavy, dude. Like you can't write any music that's that heavy, but that's probably why metal is best served with these kinds of things is because it is a heavy genre. Yeah. See, and I think it's like funny that you enjoy it so much being the, like, I'm not going to say ultra Christian that you are, but you, you believe strongly in all of that. And like, uh, him being an atheist and writing Christian music, I feel like you'd be on that wall where you'd just be like, he's not in a position to do that because he doesn't believe in X, Y, Z, you know? Well, but he, you treat it very reverently. And that's the difference between someone like you and, say, maybe someone like... Um, do you listen to Behemoth? How do you feel about Behemoth? They've got some if bangers. I, I, I don't know... What's his name? Nurgle? The the vocalist, yeah, Nargle, yeah. I I don't know his philosophy, and so I can't speak to like his lyricism or you know. Pretty sure he's a Satanist. Yeah, and, and then again, but, like I I don't know what that means for him. Um, an atheistic Satanist, yeah. yeah. Um, he seems like a cool guy, and but he also just seems so angry. Like he's built his whole like career off of being against this one thing, hmm. whereas you're doing kind of the opposite of that. And I think that's what I like about it. Well, so there is the question of, you know, is what I'm doing healthy? And mm. that's yet to be seen. Because I'm I'm staking my claim and staking my brand as heliocentric on mourning the death of the 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 hope that I had. Oh. And it's like how how is you know, Levi the poet, um, kinda I remember him posting something about this. It's like yeah, I, I don't know that it was a, a, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I mean, what I remember from it was like, yeah, was this a smart move? Like just my livelihood is based on just gushing about my sadness. And for me, it's like, 
you yeah, know, that's kind of sketchy. My my art from now on is going to be about me grieving, grieving. You know, the the most beautiful part of my life that I no longer have anymore. Mm. So, talk time about will tell. fucking heavy, Jesus Christ! <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like every emo kid who ever had a breakup. And then Jared broke up with Jesus, and then he started heliocentric. <laughs> well, when you do meet that uh, British girl with nice teeth, <laughs> uh, don't cut off your ear because you've been <laughs> grieving. Oh too my much god! Or you, something. You just Van Gogh his ass. Oh my god! <laughs> and if you do have to cut off your ear for grieving purposes, don't mail it to her. That's. I don't think that's the line you're going to need. Yeah, that's that's not a that's Also, not don't a cut look. off your ear because then you won't be able to wear a mask anymore and then the COVID will get you anyway. <laughs> oh, we all know cut masks don't do jack shit. <laughs> and if you're going to try to... I, I don't know, this might go up on YouTube. Don't at me. <laughs> we'll, edit that, we'll edit that out for, for the... For legal reasons, that was yeah, a joke. You, you, the CDC that. says it. It's just... Depending on the day, whatever the CDC is saying and what YouTube wants to enforce. No, the CDC like, doesn't say it. They mumble it. Bro, the okay. So I did. I just checked. I've got on my second monitor up here. I, I I'm checking the CDC guidelines right now, and it says if you are an eligible bachelorette between the age of 22 and 25 living in Britain to contact Jared Smith of Helios Central. What is this? <laughs> What's going on? Oh, I don't know. CDC says it. So it'll it'll keep the. <laughs> A Jared a day keeps the COVID away. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I feel like we need to fit, we need to wrap this up because we've been going for a long. This is like the longest. Wait, I have one question that's, that's bothering me. Hit me, Jared. Okay. Are you left-handed? No. Uh, the watch. What? <laughs> yeah. I I never knew it was a thing that like oh you're supposed to wear it on your non-dominant wrist. Oh shit! I raised my left hand like I was wearing it. And I'm not even wearing it. <laughs> Polar bear, are you autistic? How'd you even notice that? Sometimes, for legal reasons, that was a joke. Um, the, no, I've always. That's like a superpower. I don't know. I've I've always like it feels weird having it on my left hand. It's like I can't do it. Fair enough. I don't know. Well, that gives me a question for Patreon, but I'm not going to ask it here. It really peeves me how few questions people ask. <laughs> you know, you know what one of my biggest like pet peeves is for um, for my Patreon supporters. Uh, if they if they donate, I think it's like you know however many dollars, I'll send them a personal letter, and I would I would take take a good chunk of time and. Uh, I would make what looks like an ancient manuscript, you know, something that looks like, oh, I just found this in like the Nag Hammadi library, you know, they like unearthed it from the sands of Egypt. Um, but, but I would, I would make like a, a custom handmade Christian manuscript in Greek. And so I would, you know, oh. like make it look like it was, you know, just freshly excavated. You know, like, oh, I love this stuff. This and is so, why I always buy hard copy demon hunter heck albums yeah. and stuff. So, so I would always make these for my Patreon supporters. And it's like, you know, they get it in the mail, they open it up, there's a letter from me, and then there's this, this tiny scrap of paper that looks like it's 3,000 years old with this esoteric writing on it. Nobody has ever asked me, what does it mean? 
<gasps> no. And it breaks my heart. All right, I'm going to join your Patreon and I'm going to get one. <laughs> Just to say, what does it mean? Speaking of Patreon, do you still have, are you still good on time, Jared? I'm still good on time. Oceans? All right, but before we do that, well, I'm on two hours of sleep. If I was going to quit, I would have done it already. Uh, <laughs> Polar bear, we're all good to um, do the Patreon tonight. Yeah, I'll just hope you're going to starting a new one or whatever. I can eat some more of my chicken nuggets because I haven't eaten all day and they're just sitting here taunting me. So we're we're actually going to do a bear attack radio with Jared. Um, yes. What were you, what were you going to say, Oceans? Yeah, but before we do that, Jared, before we end the regular podcast episodes, we always ask each other, what are we loving, boys? Dudes, right now, I am loving Chick-fil-A sauce. Mm. Like, I just found out, found it in, like, the bottle, and I've put yes! it in everything. Yes! The other day, we had leftover night, and I had chicken Alfredo with Chick-fil-A sauce mixed into it, and it was a game changer. Boss put like four cheese, the stuff in the bag, shredded cheese on it. I gotta tell you, it is it is some good stoner food, dude. I, that no. stuff scares me. I, I like if if I had a bottle of Chick Fil A sauce, that's open in Pandora's box, man. It's game over. Mm. You can put it on anything; it's automatically more delicious. I might even try liver and onions again with oh. Chick Fil A sauce. I'm I'd in. rather gouge my own fucking eyes out. Fair enough. Nate. And I'm a food addict. What does that tell you? Sounds bad. Nate, what are you loving? Uh, I am loving that tomorrow is Thursday and I get my paychecks before everyone else at work does for some reason that is completely unknown to me. But Heck yeah. I'm here for somebody it. Somebody in payroll tomorrow. thinks you're special. I guess so. <laughs> I'm like the the bottom of the totem pole too. <laughs> Maybe they pay you earlier so that you won't run off. It's working. <laughs> Good job, guys. Oceans, what are you loving? I am loving. Well, I'm loving li- listening to live albums for one. Uh, Ooh! I just uh, listened to ACDC's live album from '91. Oh, so good. Hot take. Uh, and then, of course, Sticks and Ario Speedwagon. My like bass bands that got me started uh and then you know like yeah just live albums man i'm digging it and we're going to a live show tomorrow so i'm sure you guys will hear that on the podcast so heck yeah man yeah jared what are you loving i'm loving that this weekend i'm going to chicago to go and hang out with uh all of my buddies from wheaton Nice. Yeah, all of my college roomies and the the dorks that we hung out with. Hell yeah, dude. We, we... love us some dorks here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Chicago. That's... And Go I will for the say, sites. stay because you got murdered. <laughs> That's so. I think I think I'm flying into Chicago, right? But then we're we're driving to Wisconsin to one of our friends' lake houses. Nice. Um, man, yay for people that actually have money. Wow. Right. Hey, I'm. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I, think, I think that lake houses are a lot like uh, the boats that live at them. It's better to have friends with them to, than to have your own. Yep. Mm. Friends with benefits um, has a, th- this is the truer meaning of that euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> I have friends with boats 
And they have me, who is the friend with the sand car. Sand car? What is that? Like to go to the dunes and stuff. Oh, I have no a razor. Way. A dangerous no machine. Oh, dude, that's actually the the, ra- the razor's way safer. Than <laughs> I've, some I've driven some do. very dangerous machines at the sand at uh, the dunes, but yeah, the razors are pretty. No, I feel pretty safe in it. See, every time you talk about the dunes, I just picture Tatooine. <laughs> because well, that's I- where they filmed it. Yeah, actually, it is Tatooine. That's Jeez. hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's actually, um, a couple years ago at Halloween, there was a person out there who built like the, the speeder that Luke drives around in. They built one of those on a sand rail mm. chassis. Oh, bless. And so they cool. ran around like the flats and stuff with it. Very fun. Nice. All right, well, I guess... Uh, We'll keep it, we'll just keep it rolling. Does anyone, do we want to do like a five minute like bathroom break or something like that? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. yeah, I need to take a, wait, do we need like a, do we need like a farewell? Break. Do we need what? Do we need like a farewell? This is the part that's going on YouTube. Do we say like, huzzah? Oh, we don't care. We don't care about those. We don't presents. care about, yeah. Screw, <laughs> <they're not laughs> screw formality. I think we just do a hard cut to black in the middle of